Welcome to Zero Trust 30. I'm your host, George Wilkes, and this is the show that helps you make sense of the cybersecurity sensation that is Zero Trust. And today, we are graced with the presence of Miss Tina Gravel and Fiona Doak. Fiona is our Director of Channel Sales here in EMEA for AppGate. Uh, she has you know, extensive experience in the cybersecurity industry and is responsible for building AppGate's EMEA channel strategy and partner program uh, as companies uh, you know, expand into the foothold across Europe. And Tina Gravel is our Senior Vice President of Global Channels and Alliances. Uh, she's an award-winning executive uh, with tons of experience in IT outsourcing, cloud, data center, security, and SaaS industries. So Tina, Fiona, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you just say hello, um, or, to, or Fiona for you, giving you a few hours ahead and you've got a nice glass of wine there in front of you, maybe a cheers for the audience. Cheers, and good evening. Good evening, and cheers right back. I'll be joining you in about four hours. There you go. There you go. So um, before we get started, you know, we are going to be talking, obviously, about channel and, and zero trust, uh, you know, within the channel, the context of it, um, some of the challenges, some of the opportunities. Before we do that, we like to play a nice little ice-breaking game. Uh, it's called What's Bugging You? So, Tina, I'm going to go ahead and, and start with you. What's bugging you? I think I think the IPJ, the log, the log. I'm sorry, the log four J. Yeah. I keep calling it the wrong thing. I'm like, if, you, if anybody's old enough to remember Norm Crosby, that's me. <laughs> I will always get every name wrong, every every acronym wrong. But I know what I'm talking about. I promise. Yeah. But this thing is really bugging me because I don't really think we know yet what we're dealing with. Um, I know here at AppGate we do because we have a finite amount of things that we're dealing with. But when you look across the world and you look at how many systems and processes were affected, uh, that gives me pause because we're, we're banking, we have health, we have all kinds of things to be concerned about. So that's, that's bugging me today. I would say the weather, but it will do me no good. <laughs> well, I think log4j is, is, is a fair thing to be bugged about. And, um, you know, our, 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 on another podcast, uh, Jim Anthony had a very similar answer to that. And it is, right? It's you think about all of the interconnectedness of our systems, uh, the dependencies on applications and, and code being introduced on a regular basis. And it does. I mean, it, it makes your eyebrows raise of it's it's terrifying to think about the implications of it. Fiona, how about you? What's bugging you? What's bugging me? What bugs me continually is the fact that the world is still using VPN um, in anger that's 26 years old and frankly, in my opinion, not fit for purpose anymore. Um, and and, uh, and to, to kind of bolster that also, what really, really bugs me about that, and, um, and I, I've experienced this in previous companies, is that along with the fact that we're still using VPN or people are still using VPN, is that they will still focus on connect first and trust second. And that shouldn't be or have a place anywhere in anyone's strategy. And, you know, that, in my opinion, plays beautifully into that whole zero trust piece. You know, it's trust first, connect second. So they're kind of intertwined and they bug me a lot all of the time. Yeah. And that, that's, a, you know, that's a great segue um, into today's topic as we talk about, you know, the importance of channel partners uh, guiding organizations on zero trust initiatives and moving away from legacy 
solutions. Um, and it's challenging and it's not easy and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, you know, what we're going to talk about today is, is really some of those general pain points uh, that we're seeing from the channel. And the two of you bring a really interesting perspective there. Uh, obviously, when you say channel and partners, that can mean a lot of different things. And so as you're thinking about the difference between SIs and resellers and MSPs, they're all going to come at it very differently. But um, ultimately, it's, it's, you know, solving similar problems for, uh, for their customers, their end customers, right? Um, so let's just jump right into this, right? And kind of start to talk about, you know, first and foremost, how to sell zero trust. And so let's talk about these pain points. Um, and I guess, Tina, we can, we can kind of start with you. And I love that we've got the juxtaposition here between Tina, what you're seeing here in North America and Latin America, and then, you know, Fiona over in EMEA, uh, there's probably similarities. There's, there's probably some differences. And so, uh, what are those most common pain points, uh, from the channel as you start entertaining and having zero trust conversations? I, right now I call it the bifurcated channel. Mm. Those, those that know what zero trust is and those that don't, it's very simple. And those that don't, we do remedial kinds of work to help them understand what it is. I mean, Osterman Research recently said that, that within the next two years, most companies will have some sort of zero trust architecture within their farms. All of our partners need to be educated in it, whether they're security focused or not. And I think that because it has security uh, as a flavor, if you will, um, it frightens many partners that haven't been heavy into security. So the other side of it, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to take a minute to answer this, but the other side of the bifurcation are the smart channel partners, real smart about security. They've been selling security solutions since Cisco asked them to sell, you know, 40 years ago, right? And um, with the initial firewalls. And so they've been hearing about zero trust, maybe not as long as we've been talking about it, but for a while. And so they have some basic understanding those people need need help with discerning what's a real solution yep. and what we have versus what others have more than they need to be taught what zero trust is. So we have two basic premises that we're we're leading with when we're when we're doing a knowledge transfer these days. And it's it's usually one or the other. It's pretty straightforward, but it's not easy. It's a great answer. Fiona, how about you? So I agree every, wholeheartedly with everything Tina just said, and I think I think part of the problem going to, to Tina's the former bit about you know education and everything is that zero trust has been has been around for a long time, but it's not it, it, it's an overarching strategy. It isn't a silver bullet solution. Yeah, and I I am. I've been doing this a long time, as we all know. So I am, but I am still surprised that I come across part, people in partners or partners generally who think of it as as a bullet, you know, a silver bullet solution that they can kind of, you know, insert here and it will fix it there. Um, and so I think that I think that with with some partners, you've got to take them on that journey and show them what that overarching strategy should look like and insert at gate in the right place. Because because mm -hmm. sometimes I talk to partners about zero trust and they and they talk to me about it and I can't and and you know I, I patiently listen and then think and I'm thinking 
you don't really know what it is. Or, right. or more importantly, <laughs> you need to be careful now. I'm sorry to laugh, but I'm, I just know her and she sounds so, so good. She's so good and she's so patient. And I'm just thinking she must be going out of her mind when she's waiting yeah. to hear what the Sometimes I'm going, really? Um, but but, but it's our job and our responsibility as a vendor in, in this space to help partners on that journey and help them make sense of it. And dare I say, because I am quite outspoken actually, so anybody listening to this who knows me will, will, will agree with that. Dare I say, I think other vendors in security have made Zero Trust much more complicated and much more much, much more complicated and, and difficult than it really is. And and then you have the flip side to, to Tina's other point, you know, you have partners who who do you know they they're on a zero trust journey um but again they are still faced with the problem of where and who do we do we insert into our strategy that makes it comprehensive that makes it easy to articulate to customers but and most of all it addresses the customer's need because customers are very very smart people in the main and they well have done their homework but they're relying on their partners to be uh, to to be to be that expert voice for them and to them and and want to be able to discuss what it is the you know the customer what the customer's trying to do and how the partner can help them um so you know i think i think there's still quite a lot of work to do around it but i oh, think for sure. more importantly it's making it comprehensive and being able to articulate it i i also wanted to add one other thing uh, george if if, uh, if it's okay you know, we're getting ready for RSA, okay? It's supposed to be 20-something, 30,000 people coming. I'm going to give everyone a challenge. This will be a fun game for those of us going and, and a real painful game for those that have to work the show. I predict that there will be very few booths that don't have zero trust Absolutely. on booth Agreed. this year. So there's your prediction from Tina for 2022. Very few booths at RSA will not have, and that's that's a big it problem is. because, you know, it's bad enough when I would go somewhere and they would glaze over when I said zero mm. trust, but at least I'd get the benefit of the doubt. Now I have to compare and contrast myself with 300 different vendors. Um, that's also an issue. The market is, is yeah. closer to being our friend now, which is wonderful. The customers are asking for us now because we are at the top of the food chain with zero trust, but... But the vendor, the, the other vendors are confusing my partners. Yeah. And so there's, and we don't, I mean, in all fairness, we're con concentrated on what we do. We don't have competitive information about that we should have, right? We don't have enough. I mean, it's very hard to do to get what everybody else is doing. So how do I differentiate myself if I don't really know how somebody is doing something? That becomes difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think there's... Um a lot of empathy, right, that we have to have for both our partners and for the customers on the receiving end of it because of this RSA problem and the fact that it's very easy to slap zero trust onto a website and a brochure and say that you do it, um, especially given that it is more of an ideology and a mindset. It's not defined as a solution category. It, it, it doesn't make it easy. And so, you know, the jobs that you two hold is is a challenging one, um, especially when you're, you're, you're dealing with different maturity stages that a channel partner could potentially be in. You know, Fee, to your point, you know, 
being able to educate somebody who has zero understanding of zero trust. And then Tina, to your point, then taking somebody who's got an understanding and says, yeah, but I have no idea how to match a solution against it. Um, and by no means is, is, is AppGate SDP a silver bullet, right? It, it, it's, it's a myriad of solutions and it's going to be different for every organization. Those channel partners need to be strategic. And there's an interesting data point here. Um, coming out of uh, Dr. Zero Trust or, or Dr. Chase Cunningham, he did a survey called the Zero Trust Market Dynamics. And one of these data points, he says, is that 70% of these survey respondents agree that Zero Trust implementation would be faster with the help of a partner. And so the onus is on those partners to really get themselves into a position to capitalize on this market opportunity. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Fiona, back to your earlier point around VPNs, and that's that's what's bugging you. You've got to imagine that these channel partners are starting to wrap their head around or getting, getting you know, going through their own paradigm shift in how to sell zero trust and, and, and speak to it to their customers. Um, you know, I guess one question I have for the two of you is, is, is given the ge geographical differences, do you see a difference in partner maturity or partner approaches from, you know, the Americas to EMEA? I can say that traditionally EMEA has been slightly behind yeah. with, with, with security fads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having the whole global view, uh, same with same with LATAM, same with you know Far East. There are some places in the the Far East that aren't like you know like you could say the Middle East, like Israel. They're pretty yeah. far ahead, yeah. but yeah. but for the most part, I would say they're slightly behind. I don't know. Would you agree, Fiona? I would. I would definitely. And I and I don't think I don't think that necessarily helps us. Sometimes I think that makes our job a little bit harder. To be honest, I agree. Um, but yeah, and, and 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 George, to your to your point just now um, about you know par partners and 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 Doctor Zero Trust saying you know it would all be a lot faster with a partner. I think that does bring to bear what we were saying earlier about there is a responsibility of the vendors to do better uh, around education and positioning, because I've got. I've got partners in EMEA, you know, in different parts of EMEA who, who've got, you know, untold amounts of vendors in their portfolio, which is also driving another strategy because they're trying to they're trying to rationalize all that now. And again, well, we've got we've got everything. We've got a one-stop shop of zero trust. Well, actually, dare I say your customer doesn't want to hear that. Your customer wants to hear we have a we have a project, we need to uh, what can you, Mr. Partner or Mrs. Partner? you know, help us with, you know, from a directional point of view of what we need and a future-proofing point of view. Um, and and so, some of those partners will kind of come in with, with, with old VPN technology and go, here's Zero yeah. Trust because yes. A, another vendor's written Zero Trust on the box and went, it's VPN, it's fine. No, it isn't. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so... And I'm having those conversations with partners because their other challenge, and we need to be careful and mindful, is that they've probably built quite a good, well, no, they a very good business around, you know, BPM. So we need to help them realise, you know, a, a, a better opportunity, more margin, more more of all of those things with a with a software solution, you know, and, and also a better solution that isn't, you know, a, a tunnel. 
basically, with yeah. nothing connected on the end of it. Well, and I think it's, there's a lot of similarities of what the, you know, again, that paradigm shift that not only customers are going through, but channel is going through is that zero trust isn't necessarily hard. You know, nothing is easy in the cybersecurity space. We're not going to take, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to sugarcoat that at all. It's the change that is hard. And that's not a technology problem, right? That is a people in a process problem. Um, you know, and then when we talk about it on the commercial side and you think about the buyers, you know, it all starts from the top. It's leadership changes. It's steering the boat in a different direction. Do you see that same um, resemblance in the channel that it has to be top down or is it or is it more of the individual potential reseller seeing an opportunity? I think it's both. If, if that's pos- a possible answer, <laughs> I think yeah. it is both. Um, for sure definitely you know and and the top-down approach is is, is some sometimes that's easier sometimes Mm -hmm. that's an easier route um but and but i think it depends on the situation but i think in other cases then you know actually working actually working with the partner and and identifying that that in that middle piece is is equally valuable so i think it's both yep what do you think tina oh i agree i i i think that um you know, I, I think about the cloud, okay, and, and years and years ago when when I was at Terramark and we were one of the leaders in cloud and we had to we had to drag and pull the partners into cloud. <laughs> and then I remember, you know, coming back to the channel after doing some other bigger jobs where the channel wasn't my focus, that was just one of my focuses, coming back to the channel and seeing how after seven years, 10 years, they still hadn't really embraced it. It was almost like they were looking for um, a way to avoid, like hoping it was going to go away (laughs) or something. I don't know, crazy, right? Um, But it reminds me a little bit of it, what we're going through with security and the partners right now. I think that they all think it's a great idea to Mm -hmm. sell security services. And this is beyond the traditional value-added resellers, SIs, and the folks that have been doing it for some time. I'm going now, I'm going way what I would call down market to selling agents, right? That came up through the telco channel, let's say, and they haven't had a security background. Yeah, I'm talking about those folks. They, they know they have to do it, but the change, George, you said the word change is very difficult. Yep. And this is such a paradigm shift for what they're used to talking about. And all I can do is have empathy for what I went through. Six mm-hmm. years ago, when I went over to AppGate, predecessor company name at the time, and I remember going on a sales call. I remember thinking to myself, well, what's so hard about this, right? I had gotten my training. I'd gone in. And then I'd, I'd gone on the sales call, with a, and it was with a friend. So I, I was sort of, I got a soft landing pad, right? Within 10 minutes, he asked me a question I couldn't answer because the vernacular was so different. I didn't even know what it was he was asking me, okay? And so the first thing I did when I took over the channel job at AppGate was to build a glossary because... I know they're going to encounter words they don't even know. It's got its own language, its own, you know, and it it just, it doesn't have to be this complicated. In my opinion, all they have to do is go in and say, do you have a zero trust project going on? And then we'll help them. But even that seems too daunting for many. 
Well, that assumes that they, again, back to the differences in people understanding zero trust versus not, they might have a zero trust opportunity or a desire, but they might not be calling it zero trust, no. right? And some people like to buck convention and say, I don't, I'm not going to call this thing zero trust. That's a marketing buzzword. I'm going to, yes. I'm going to call it least privilege. And it's like, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. The, the end destination is, is, is the same. Now, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, Tina, it sparked my interest when you were talking about the the less conventional security resellers and, and channel partners who are starting to get into the security space. Is that, and I guess, you know, Fiona, obviously for you as well, the, the impact of the pandemic, the rise of threats, the news headlines and cybersecurity becoming top of mind, is that driving the the, the less conventional channel people starting to, to take on security selling? That, that's part of it. I think yeah. the market is is every day talking about it. So let's assume that you are somebody that's just selling cloud. They're going to ask you questions about security. Let's say you're selling contact center. They're going to ask you questions about how secure it is. You can't get away from it anymore between you know nation state threats, all the ransomware we're talking about, all the breaches, we all know that it's, you know, when you, here, here's how I knew we had made it. When you go to Thanksgiving and your old aunt wants to know if she has the right security settings on her cell phone. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Okay. You know, you've come a long way, baby, because I can tell you in prior years, they didn't even know what I did for a living. Oh, she's doing yeah. something with computers. Can you fix my PC? You know, yeah. you'd get all that sort of thing. Yeah. But this year, I actually got a question that I could help with. It was amazing. They know what's going on because they hear it every day. I got texts by some of my relatives. Tina, are you working on, on this big problem with solar winds? Now it's the log for j right? They're, they see this on TV. They know what it's about. Colonial Pipeline, that affected them. Their gas prices went up. They get it. It's starting to hit the lexicon and the, the cultural aspect of how we live. And so I think that's why people are thinking, you know, I better figure out some basics of selling this because if I don't, I'm going to be left behind. And they're right. They will be left behind. And they're being asked those questions by their customers. I think yeah. back to what Tina was just saying, you know, it's a call center secure. How are you, how are you doing that? And... And I was talking to a customer, well, sorry, a partner today um, will be one of our new MSP partners in the UK. And they're a big organisation and they understand Zero Trust, thankfully, you know, and, and, we, and, and they all get it. But, you know, they, their point when they were talking about, you know, how they're setting up their services and, and wrapping and adding value to their customers. One of the one of the key points that they made was they are being asked constantly by their customers, what security is it? And to a certain extent, who are you using? Yeah. You know, because, because again, to Tina's point, we've seen the headlines. We don't want to buy this because we heard that they were breached and we don't want to buy that because we, or we don't want anything being utilized if, you know, for us because they were breached. So they get it. And, and they, they were saying what they're going to do is they're going to provide, you know, a glossary for want of a better word, of, of, you know, exactly what is involved in that service wrap that they're going to offer to their customers to 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 present peace of mind, you know, and also and also perhaps take away 
or take out of the equation some of those questions. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and I think part of that is zero trust, sassy. I know we said at the beginning we wouldn't talk sassy. I'm not going to talk sassy. I'm just saying it one time. Um, all of these, they, 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 they're not just a security <laughs> problem, right? They touch network, they touch IT, and they touch security. And so, you know, I could understand why you, know, you talk about the telco space. I can understand why they're getting asked that question of, you know, how are you great? You know, you used to be the one to, to help, you know, cross connect and mm. give me my interconnectivity. Um, yeah. Now this, this idea of zero trust, it, it doesn't just become a security problem. It becomes much more of a IT network and security problem and a lot more buy-in. It touches so much. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I mean, we talked, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, right? You know, I think we talked definitely about some of the challenges and the pain points, um, and it's understandable. I love the fact that we're talking about being empathetic and understanding, right, versus just here's more solutions to sell. It's no, here's strategy to think about, and it's it's start small, think big, scale fast. What advice would you give to the different, and, and I don't know if we need to split it up by different types of channel partners, but, but what, what advice would you give to, to, a, to a channel partner who was looking to begin, you know, a zero trust strategy to help their customers? Sure. Um, I would say that I would align myself with vendors that are going to help me sell, really mm-hmm. help me sell, okay? Because that's the best way to learn. Now we have now we have a process by which every opportunity we match with a direct salesperson. We don't have to do that. We do that because we know that there's a learning curve and right. it's the best way to learn. I could have said, "No, no, no, we're going to we're going to we have to make everybody self-sufficient and and not done this and not be a lead generation house, which we are." Um, but I I knew with our technology, it was the best way to go because they'll learn. And so that's, I would say that's number one, a a company that will stand by you through the entire process so that you can learn. Because if you can't learn all of the various things, and I mean, even POCs and things like that, you'll never really understand what it is you're selling. Yeah. And and the one thing that I can tell you is that most of the great salespeople in the channel, whether it whether they are SIs or resellers or MSPs or 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 referral partners that, that are sending the lead over the fence, they want to know. They really want to know what it is they're selling. They don't want to be in the dark. And they want the easiest way to do that. And I don't think I think we have great training. And I've got my glossary and I've got my little tools that are wonderful. But I, I think that's that's one way to start. But I think, and that's why we have a program where we reward them for leads and we reward them for sales because we understand that there's a clear progress progression after you take basic training. And to add to that, I think that, and we see this a lot here, but I know that, that you know, Tina and the team sees this in America as well. There's nothing like being there. You know, you can read and watch videos and do the training and it's all great, always. But there's nothing like having an AppGate salesperson to support you um, as a partner and the opportunities to learn from. 
um, you know, we've, we've had it in the last couple of weeks. We're working on a project at the moment for Q1. And, you know, the partner has brought us the opportunity. We are heavily invested from a sales perspective. And they said to us, we are learning so much, not mm. just about our solution, but this is one of the things I was going to come on to when you asked the question. It's we're helping them understand that puzzle yes. of zero trust and we're helping them align with the complementary vendors yes. in their portfolio and we're showing them how we can all yeah. work together yeah. and present you know and, and help them present their zero trust strategy. And they've learned a ton of stuff just just talking to us and being involved in us in and you know with our with our sales team. And our sales team are really happy to do that because it helps them drive more opportunity. Yes, that's always that's always a great thing. But it also it also um, it also introduces them to different partners and how they work and how they can support them. And there's nothing like that. I think it's really important. And I I'm making sure that all of our partners across the territory are aligned to a salesperson. Not all the time, but they've got a go-to per, per, person that they can. They can call up and go, Jeremy, I've got this project. We did yeah. that. The ecosystem is hugely important. That's a great it's, point, Fiona. It really the is. ecosystem. Yep. Yeah, and it, it just helps that whole education yep. that yep. we're talking about. Because they do need it, you know. It, and, and, and other vendors, um, this is what I like about what we do, actually, because other vendors kind of pick and choose. And, and I would say some of them cut and run. You know, done the opportunity, they're off you know to something else but if we've got if we've got that united front with the partner and we're standing shoulder to shoulder with them trust me they're going to ask us first before they ask anybody else you know how they how we can help them well again change is hard and yeah. if you've got somebody running alongside you there's going to be failures along the way too you know and and Absolutely. you've got to learn from those mistakes but um yeah so what then is you know you, you've obviously got the 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 optimistic approach of Yes, change is hard. We're going to run alongside you. Let, let's get our feet wet. Let's start really working some some customers and showing them how you know various solutions can help meet whatever objective it is that they have. What do you hear from the channel in terms of objections? Where where's the where's the barrier that you need to knock down and and kind of you know illuminate why this is a necessity? I I don't ever hear that they that they don't want to do it. It's more about priorities. Yeah. No. You know, I, I sure. you yeah. know, I, I hear, um, oh, well, we need to segment this or we need to do that instead. And I'm like, what's more important than locking your front door? Are you kidding me? Would you leave your front door unlocked right. mm-hmm. with your wife in the building, you know, by herself? You know, come on. But but yeah, they'll find other priorities that they think are more important. So I it's I've not been told no. I've not been told they don't want to sell us. If we if we get any objection with a client, it's usually based on what the client thinks he should do first. And that's that is a hundred percent based on the confusion that I mentioned earlier in the call about what we're gonna see at RSA, my prediction. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you ask, to your point about RSA, and I was thinking about this earlier, you know, if you, if you go around RSA, and, and don't because you won't, it, it'll be awful, but if you go around RSA and ask everybody there what they think zero trust is, you'll get, you'll get different answers from everybody. But, but going to, but to Tina's point about 
prioritizing i think this goes back to what i was saying at the beginning you know we need we need and so do other security vendors it's all of our responsibility to do this but we need to help customers understand how they prioritize yes. their their list when they're looking at a zero trust strategy and how yep. they're going to embark on it and and tina's quite right you know it's like you start at the front door you know and i i cut my teeth in this industry working for rsa security back in the late 90s early 2000s so when authentication was kind of wow that's what you're going to replace a password yes we are um and you look how far we haven't come with that in some respects but but that's the point it's this connect first trust second strategy that so many organizations still use yep. and dare i say security vendors still do so i think it's helping provide that 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 confidence to help them prioritize what they should be doing and trusting first before you connect or securing first before you you know leave the house or or uh, you know when you get back whatever it is however that that's going to that's going to pan out but it's starting there and because it all starts there yeah i did i did a customer sorry very quickly i did a customer call uh, a year or so ago and it was just a, well it was the middle of the first lockdown here in the uk and um the customer i stood in for a sales guy and the customer said i don't wake up and wonder if we got breached last night. I wake yes. up and wonder yes. what time it yes. was. Yep. And I just looked at him on camera, because obviously we were on a medium night. So I just looked at him and he said, you look shocked. And I said, I am, because haven't you ever started your security strategy with your front door? And he went, maybe not. <laughs> you know? But I, that, that was a big global company you would have heard of. So I think it's that prioritization, definitely. Yeah, and I think prioritization also just, you know, you could think about not biting off more than you can chew and the fact that this is this is not a one and done, buy this product, do this thing, and it's over. It's it's an ongoing journey. And you think about big multinational, large organizations and the amount of tech debt, legacy systems, user population, it's gonna take time. And so not only is it a matter of prioritizing solutions, it's a matter of prioritizing what's most important for any given business. And it's never gonna be the same for every single one, right? And so, you know, what I hear from the two of you also is, it's not just about being trained up and knowing how to talk about it, it's also being trained up to learn how to put your ear to the ground and hear what customers are saying so that you yeah. can then tailor a solution that's right for them. Definitely, and to your point, George, you know, we, we are using this in our in our corporate deck now. What customers definitely want to hear, and you just hit on that beautifully, is that we'll start where you are. We'll start where you are as a customer. We'll look at, you know, we'll help our partners come in and be that authority um, to, to help you prescribe what's required. We'll look at your ancient estates and your free PM, which we're going to make you throw out the window, only joking. Um, you know, but we'll we'll take you on that journey, but we'll start where you are in that journey and enhance what you've got and perhaps show you and perhaps take you on that journey, with, which will introduce other newer technologies as well as ours that will help. But take them on the journey and don't walk in, as I've seen so many people do in my career, and go, oh, we have to rip it all out and start again, especially not now, because the pandemic's cost everybody very dearly, you know, from from the most important things, which is life, through to budgets. And now they're trying to restructure their budget to make sure that they can provide 
a security strategy for today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that, because this isn't going away. No. You know, we're in an endemic situation now, and they're always going to have to be conscious that they have done everything they possibly could to prevent breach, but to enhance enhance their business, but do that securely. Yep. No, I totally agree. Now, I want to be cognizant of time, and I want to thank you both very much for being on today's show. Um, before we kind of wrap up, and we, we do like to play a game at the end, which is a bit of fun, and it has nothing to do with cybersecurity whatsoever. Uh, any final thoughts? Any, anything that we haven't touched on or anything that you want to leave the audience with? Tina, do you want to jump in? Yeah, just uh, if you're a partner of ours, let us help you. Help us help you. I echo that sentiment entirely. This is what this is what we're here to do. We're he- here to help. We're here to we're here to you know enhance that 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 whole strategy built around your partner's business. That's the most important thing. Is that is that it. we enhance what you do and we add value to what you do. That's fantastic. Okay, let's do the rapid fire game. So the way this is going to work, uh, you know, Fiona, you might want to just, you know, finish off your wine real quick so we get some real creative answers from you. Um, <laughs> we can re-record yours later if you like. You, you, you can record them uh, tonight and send them in. So we've got three questions. Uh, we'll ask them and then you can both answer each of them. Um, so first question, if you were a superhero, what would your name be? Tenacious Tina. Tenacious Tina, I love it. It's it's actually a cartoon a friend of mine made, so I'm sticking with that. I like it. Is it based off of you? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to get copies. Well, we just we're just gonna chew tires now. We're gonna, that's being that's being tenacious, huh? We're gonna chew. Go. We don't have anything to eat, so we're just chew some tires. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know either. What about you, ferocious Fiona? I think it's that. I, there it is. I was going to say I'm called that quite a lot. Yes. I love it. Tenacious or something and ferocious. That note. Yeah. Yep. Dream, what, would, what would be your dream vacation destination? The British Virgin Islands. There you go. I, I, I actually would like to go to uh, Bali. Yep. That's on my list right now. Yep. I want to eat, pr- I want to eat, pray, and love. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of her locations. I've already done Italy. I've already done her other locations. So I'm not going to India to yoga. I just want to go to the Bali part. The, the, lo- the love part. Yeah. All right. If you could time travel, would you rather relive one, re- one week from your past or live one week in the future? That's a tough one. Ooh, one week in my past. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really want to... Uh, I want to I want to protest these questions because I've I've been listening to your shows. These are the worst questions that we, you've had. These are the worst. These I know. Are the hardest. I don't come up with them. I know <laughs> you don't. I'm going to protest. I I would like to go. I'd like to go back and hang out with my parents because mm, they're gone. Exactly mine. Yeah, me yeah. too. Is there a question, Tina, that you've heard from the other podcast that you would love to answer? And if so, please do so. No, no, no. I'm just teasing you because I just found that that one's like, whoa. I know. Gut, I gut know. punch. Yeah. How do you uh, answer that? Some of them get personal too. And, and I, I should probably read these before I ask them. But 
Anywho, that's part of the fun. Maybe next time, Tina, next time you can write your own questions and we can ask them. How about that? <laughs> that wouldn't be any fun, though, would it? I, bet I was it would. just I was sitting here waiting to be asked and all excited. Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> uh, why don't I, oh, here's a good one. Would you rather c- come back as your dog? What was that all about? Somebody wanted to come. Somebody said, I'll, I'll change places with my dog. Oh, yeah. That wow. was a Freaky Friday one. That yes, the Freaky Friday, Friday one. Yeah, I won't be doing that. No, I no. won't be. No, I, I don't think I'd change places with my dog. No. no. You hear that, Sully? <laughs> yeah, she's <that's laughs> changed places with you. Dog's like, what? Yes. Don't, worry, don't worry, Sully. Your position is safe. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. And for the audience, uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find show notes and other episodes at appgate.com forward slash podcast. And if you're not yet a subscriber, please do subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is a production of AppGate. The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and may not represent the views of their organization. I'm your host, George Wilkes, and you've been listening to Zero Trust 30. That's a wrap. That was fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. That was really good.